Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Sarah Dawkins. Sarah is a holistic health coach, keynote speaker, multi-award winning entrepreneur, and author of the book, Heal Yourself. She has extensive experience in health and wellness and is on a mission to help others improve their overall health through natural means. During this episode, we discuss her own self-healing journey. We reflect on the debate between traditional and natural medicine, how to take a holistic approach to your health, and her experience writing her book. And the last message she wanted to share is your body is a natural healing machine. You were born a healer and you need to believe in your belief that you can heal. Please welcome to the show, Miss Sarah Dawkins. Hey, thanks, Cal. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. So Sarah, me and you uh, got connected through LinkedIn um, and I took a look at the work you do. I know you're a you're a, a holistic coach and an author and a keynote speaker and it looks like you're very passionate about helping others heal themselves in more uh, natural or holistic ways. And I thought that was something that's very interesting and I think personally I've seen over the last, I think, five years that there's been a rise in a more holistic approach when looking at health, which I thought is very interesting compared to before where it's like, you get a note from the doctor, that's what it is. And that's all you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so uh, I really love the work you do. I think, you know, anything that can help people heal is something I definitely support. Um, but before we get into everything, Sarah, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself, and we'll take it from there. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Sarah Dawkins. I was a registered nurse for 20 years um, and I, I love my job helping people, but uh, I started to feel that actually I'm not really helping them to help themselves. We're just um, cutting bits out or putting bits in or giving them medications. And it's like, you know, it's got to be more deeper stuff that we can be doing for these people. Um, and, and then I started looking at the root cause analysis, um, you know, what's causing their problems? Why are they manifesting these symptoms in the first place? What can we do? And it was through my own self-healing of a suicidal depression that I realized actually we can naturally self-heal. Um, and that's how my book started. And then I thought, well, I can, you know, I want to help more people to do this, not just with depression, but with, with whatever I can. Um, and so my book developed from there and I reached out to other people um, and then I started coaching other people. So it kind of spread from me healing myself to me helping others to heal their self holistically, you know, looking at why uh, the symptoms have manifested and, and what the people can do for themselves to help themselves to heal themselves. Because as a healer, we don't we don't actually heal people. We help them awaken the part of them that to remember that they are a healer themselves. That's uh, I really like how you uh, describe that, you know, it's helping them rediscover the part that can help them heal themselves. Um, and you're just there to kind of s serve as, you know, the guides and the coach, you know, to identify maybe what areas we should be looking at. But I wanted to start from the beginning, Sarah, because you said uh, something which I think is quite rare um, that you self-healed yourself through depression and uh, suicidal thoughts. And from my experience, at least from the people I've spoken to who have gone through something like that, um, 
it was always accompanied with um, you know therapy with medication I'm not saying that you didn't do that but it's interesting that you sounds like you were able to do it without that so could you tell us just the story behind that I guess that phase of your life and how did you actually begin to start healing yourself okay so something happened back in 2010 um, and it sent me into a massive downward spiral uh, and I went to the doctors and he went, oh, you're clinically depressed and uh, here's some tablets. So I said, oh, you know, I did this after my son with a postnatal depression. It didn't really do anything. I felt like really just groggy all the time. I don't want to go that route again. Um, and he's like, well, well, that's the only treatment for depression. I went, well, it's, it's not what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I really didn't. But I'm not going to do the pharmaceuticals. And I went away and I'm like, just in this big, black, vacuous hole. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and I, we had dogs, so I had to go out walking every day with the dogs. Um, and I just did it in autopilot, um, you know, kept my head down, didn't look at anybody, um, walked the dogs. And slowly but surely, I started coming out of myself um, and started looking around whilst I was walking the dogs. And I remember it was springtime. And the trees were in leaf and there was buds and there was some flowers opening up. The sky was blue. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's, I didn't really notice any of this before. It was just so dark. Um, and looking back now, I realized I was being mindful, but I had no idea what it was called at the time, like 12, 10, 12 years ago. Um, so I started coming out of myself in, in noticing all these. Um, and as I started seeing it more and more, I then started practicing gratitude. Oh, you know, it's so wonderful that the sky's blue and the sun's shining and, oh, thank you. Um, and, I, and again, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know it was called gratitude. I was just like, well, you know, I'm pleased that I'm awake for another day. I'm still alive. Um, I've had a good cup of coffee. Somebody's actually messaged me. My family love me. Um, so I began to appreciate a lot more. Um, and again, I was starting to come out of this big black void that I'd been in. Um, so I started then looking at what else I could do for myself because good, I was able to think more clearly then. Um, and I looked on YouTube for uh, guided meditations because I've tried to sit and meditate, but I just had this negative voice in, on my shoulder going, you know, you're worthless and why are you here? And awful. So I just went onto YouTube to try and find something to make me feel a bit happier. And by listening to a guided meditation, of course, you can't listen to this negative Nelly on your shoulder because you're listening to the person doing the guided meditation, you're making the pictures. Um, so I found that really helpful. And initially I was just looking, you know, just help me find some peace, help me just to be happy. And as I healed further down the line, I started thinking, well, I need to do something more with my life. I'm not happy at work because I've got myself into a right rut. So I started looking at what can I do? And um, so I started doing guided meditations about um, being um, a professional entrepreneur and winning awards and doing something out of my comfort zone, you know, finding the courage to do these things. Um, and I did actually leave work and set up my own business. And slowly but surely, you know, every day was like a little bit better, a little bit better. But it, I didn't notice it until it was in leaps and bounds, you know, a few months down the line, like, wow, I haven't cried for days. And, you know, the sun's still shining. And, and I started feeling a lot better. And I realized that I was no longer suicidal and the depression was lifting. Um, so I, start, I set up my own business and started pushing myself out to do um, networking meetings, which was way out of my comfort zone because I just shrank down to nothing. And I thought, I've got to push my boundaries. I've really just got to keep pushing my boundaries and stepping out of this comfort zone. And I did so many different networking events and um, I really pushed myself. Uh, and it felt so uncomfortable and so alien. But I thought, I've got to do it because I, otherwise I'm just going to say, stay stuck in this rut. Um, and slowly but surely, you know, I did more guided meditations uh, on being successful in my own business. And I won two awards, uh, one locally, one nationally in the UK and became a, um, a successful entrepreneur. But it was a really slow process. You know, when I look back, it was just 
seeing Sundays being so consciously aware that actually days aren't so dark and and I don't want to take my own life and I am speaking to people now so we we can do it Um, and as I say when I was started my journey I had no idea what I was doing but looking back now I see exactly what I did and how I did it and that's how I help others because it's you know, it's it's a slow journey. Healing is a slow journey. It doesn't just happen overnight. And we have to accept that we're on this journey for, for a while. And as long as we can see the small gains as time goes by, it keeps propelling us forwards. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I love that. That's a that's a beautiful story. And <clears throat> congratulations on being able to get out of that dark place. I know, okay. I know people who have gone through something like that. And, you know, sometimes they never get out um so to see someone who managed to do it and push themselves congrats um because i know how hard that is um i have a question for you um and i that this just came to my mind do you think we ever truly heal i think we're our body is always healing every day um so you know if you define healing at a a micro level our body is always healing we cut ourselves it heals we bruise ourselves it heals it's always repairing our tissues all the time so we're always healing but at a a macro level the bigger things yes uh we can heal you know I've, i've healed the depression i've healed the candida i've healed the acid reflux i've healed the um joint pains so we we can absolutely heal but we need to look at healing as a big picture it's not just about eating more kale and drinking more water we have to look at dealing with the mindset around healing but but yes we we can heal and we are our body is always healing we just have to support it Mm, i I really like what you said there uh, that we have to support it so okay um let's 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 start tackling this from a from in a holistic way so when you talk about a holistic approach or healing in a holistic way i guess number one what do you what does that mean how would you describe that uh, to someone like me or to a potential client or so on and i guess the next question i had is where do you start um so we need to heal not just on a physical level but also so on a mental emotional and spiritual level and spirituality isn't about being religious it's just about a connection to ourselves whether you want to say my inner wisdom or my higher self or the divine or the universe or the energy whatever you want to call it we need that connection so healing on the physical is what everybody thinks about you know eat healthier have a better lifestyle take a bit of exercise stay hydrated do um, get a good night's sleep that's the physical healing On an emotional level, we need to deal with some of the the shit from our past, basically. Um, Things have happened. It's been out of our control. We need to look at it. It's in the past. We need to find a way to close the door. So sometimes we need to go back and look at what happened and why it happened and um, what skills we were missing. Um, Who needs forgiving? You know, people hurt people hurt people so the people that have hurt us we need to find a way to understand that that you know they will possibly hurt as well we are the sum total of our life experiences and we have no idea what other people's lives have entailed so if we can forgive the past and let it go it's not about forgiving people face to face but it's for us you know, if we don't forgive it, we're carrying that weight around with us for the rest of our lives and it will spill out in our emotions and color our lives. So if we can find a way to forgive that and let it go, but also forgive ourselves for anything that we need to be forgiven for so that we can let it go in the past. Um, The mental, it's about thinking about our mental health. What can we do to improve our mental health? Get outside, read some books, do some meditations, practice gratitude. And as I say, the spiritual is about that connection, whether it's ourselves or the divine or spirituality um, or, you know, the, but we need a connection to something, a higher, a higher evolved something. So we look at all of that um, on a macro level. That's the four areas. And then we look at on a micro level. What can we physically do to address all of those different areas um, and things like journaling really helps 
Um, and when I say meditation, it's not about just sitting maybe quiet with your own thoughts or listening to a YouTube video to meditate. We can meditate whilst we're out walking, do a walking meditation, just be in that moment, using all our senses, be very mindful, become aware of our breathing. Um, so we don't, you know, you don't have, because a lot of people can't just sit still and meditate. So it's about raising that awareness of mindfulness. Um, and just be aware of our thoughts as well, because we're not our thoughts. Quite often our thoughts or random thoughts can come into our head and you're like, Where the, where's that come from? Um, so just be aware that, you know, we, we've got the option of choice. We've always got the option of choice. So we can choose, you know, I'm just going to let that go because I don't know where that's come from and I'm not that thought. And I choose to see the outside world or see my partner or see this good cup of coffee and bring our focus into a, a more narrowed area. So there's a lot we can do to help ourselves. Um, and relationships as well play a key part, relationships with family and with friends, but also relationships with things, as in stuff um, and food, because we can have good relationships with people, but we can have really bad relationships with stuff and just always need to be buying more and more and more. And, and the same with food, you know, we can have bad relationships with food where we can binge or starve or this food's good and this food's bad and so we need to look at our relationships with with not just people but with other things as well so there's there's a lot we can do um and we can we can start in any area it doesn't matter just as long as we start i really like the way you described the um the four areas <clears throat> i think it provides a lot of clarity to how to look at it you know how to look at the big picture and how to go from the macro to the micro. It sounds like we start in the macro and then the micro is the ac the actionable things we can start doing to start addressing some of those things in the bigger picture. Um, one thing that um, I was thinking about, because I was curious, would, you've been a registered nurse for 20 years, um, so I can assume you've seen you know, hundreds, if not thousands of different kinds of cases and so on. Um, so I was thinking, I'm like, now where Sarah is now with the knowledge she has now and as a coach and understanding this holistic approach and having had success in this way, do you ever look back at maybe your career and there are moments that now you would have maybe a different answer or a different cure to something maybe someone else had if they had something chronic or so, uh, so on. Do you ever look back and reflect that maybe things, not if you had this knowledge now, things might have been different before? Uh, for myself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I was brought up, my mum was a nurse. So I was brought up in that whole medical model. You know, if, you, if you're sick, you go to the doctor, you get a pill or an antibiotic and it makes you better. Uh, and that was the mindset I was brought up in and that was what I believed in. So when uh, I, I was actually working in America in 2005, somebody just like whispered something into my ear, just have a think about that and go home and do some research. And that's how I started looking. Okay, so there are other ways. We can heal in different ways. We can use different modalities at homeopathy, naturopathy, food as medicine. So yeah, I think I would have done a lot different in my younger years had I have got the knowledge that I have now. Um, but obviously I can't go back and change that. All I can do is work with what I've got now. <laughs> no, of course, 100%. I just thought it would be interesting when you like when you reflect back, um, because I, I can say for myself, you know, when I look back over the last, you know, even not too long ago, and I'll be like, oh, how did I think like that? How did I do that? How was I not aware of all these things? Um, so... I've, I'm like, I was curious to see if you had a similar experience. Um, yeah. One thing that um, has come up, you've said consistently, um, and I think that's something so important and something that I guess for me was a big, you know, game changer is um, awareness. I and what you said that we are not our thoughts. So I remember it was a couple of years ago, I was I think I was watching a podcast or something and they were talking uh, I was reading a book and they were talking about how you know your thoughts come in and they go and sometimes you know we attach ourselves to a certain thought but that might not be true but that will influence our emotions and so on so I think 
awareness is something that um, I think it's something that you never stop improving uh, because I think you're always going to have blind spots. And once you cover that one down the line, another one's going to come up and you're going to have to okay be more aware of that. I think it's a never ending process. But from your perspective, I guess. What's why do you believe why would you say that awareness is so, so important for us to just even get started in this whole process? I think because we've been conditioned to when you're ill, you go to the doctor, you expect to get a prescription. Um, so I think raising awareness of that to start off, you know, how how ill do I feel? What what are my symptoms and what can I do to help myself? You know, if we, it, quite often we say, you know, a fever or, um, or, or just a general malaise. I don't need to go to the doctors with that of healing because it, it makes us hot to kill any pathogens, any bugs within, within us. Um, and we're conditioned to take a, a fever-reducing medication, whether that's paracetamol or ibuprofen, Advil. And what we're doing is we're, we're reducing the ability of our body to heal us. So it's if we raise awareness about why do we get a fever uh, and how can we work with it? Um, because Eastern medicine for rigors, when you, you shake and shiver, but you're red hot, will wrap that person up to stop the shaking, to make them hotter, to kill the pathogen or the, the bug within them. But in Western medicine, we give out fever reducing medication to which works against the body so it's about learning what can we do to help ourselves um you know there's a lot that we can do at home that will prevent us going to the doctor to to look after ourselves and and fasting um just drinking water or fluids um is a good way to help the healing process as well um taking time out and without eating so intermittent fasting is is really big at the minute but it's so good for healing as well you know and, and I regularly do an 18 um six or um so I eat till dinner time in the evening I have a, a meal about six o'clock in the evening and then I don't tend to eat until midday ish the following day so I've got an 18 hour fast so that my body can I'm, I'm supporting my body to heal itself further because it's not having to digest food. And when we're not digesting food, we're in healing mode, we're in repair. That's very interesting. Um, particularly, I love the example you use about the the fever because like naturally if, like if I had a fever, I'm going to be looking for the closest thing <laughs> that's going to stop it. Um, but it's... But listening, I understand the explanation behind it and why we get a fever and the purpose of what it's supposed to do. And it's funny that we the me medications we take that we think are making us feel better, which might might give us some, you know, respite for yeah. a little for a little while. Um, but it's actually counterintuitive to what like the purpose of I guess what the fever is um which I think is really interesting and I think if we just look at that example and take that on a like expand that on a bigger level I think that is kind of um where there is maybe a disconnect in I think the our the global perception of like health and medicine and when to use it and you know what to use it for um yeah. and when we talk about, um, you mentioned that there's obviously with Eastern medicine, I've, I've done some reading, I don't know much, but I do know that there are more, there are natural remedies, there's different types of minerals and plants and all these different things that, you know, you can just, in certain areas, you can just like pick off a tree, but you don't, that might be the thing that could like change everything for you. Um, so I guess, do you believe there's, do you believe because I think there's a debate. There's always going to be a debate between traditional medicine and maybe um, and more a more natural approach or a more homeopathic or holistic approach. Um, so it's interesting because you it's you're in a unique position because you've been on both sides. 
So you understand, but you've uh, you've gone the class, you went through the classical route, and then uh, you changed to uh, to uh, the more natural side. Not so much. exactly. So I guess now having both, you'd be the perfect person to ask this. Um, where do you fall? What would you what would your answer be to that? You know, debate. What would your perspective be? Is it a substitution kind of thing? Like oh. Let's do let's do natural rather than traditional, or is it a time and place kind of thing? And there's a comp they should complement each other. What are your? I'm so curious. What are your thoughts when it comes to that? My personal own opinion yeah. is that pharmaceuticals have a place in emergency and trauma um, medicine. My, my father wouldn't be alive if um, there wasn't pharmaceuticals because he had he was rushed into hospital with sepsis. Um, oh, several wow. years ago so he needed fluids he needed antibiotics he needed pharmaceuticals um, but I think for me personally I will always look for a natural route um, because unless it's there's an emergency or a trauma there's a lot that we can do um, and an example at the minute I I fell over a couple of weeks ago I was uh, walking my dog across a field and I slipped on some loose rocks and fell over and, and I've got quite a deep gash in my leg and it became infected two weeks two weeks after um, I cut my leg open it became infected so I started taking oil of oregano, I started treating it with silver and tea tree oil. I made some liposomal vitamin C and started taking zinc and I'm healing the infection. I haven't taken any paracetamols, haven't taken any antibiotics. Um, so for me, with the knowledge I've got, I will go down the natural route um, and I will always self-treat un unless I feel I'm at a stage where I, there's nothing else I can do and I, and I need to go in for something that's become an emergency. So I, I see both sides of it. Um, and I do believe pharmaceuticals have a role to play, but I think it's a, a minor role. I think there's so much that we can do to help ourselves. Um, and the people in my book have, have proven that, you know, they've healed multiple sclerosis and ALS and autoimmune conditions through natural routes without pharmaceuticals. So there's so much that we can do for ourselves before we reach for that pharmaceutical. That's that's very it's very interesting that um, <clears throat> that you you fall more uh, towards the uh, the natural side, I guess, for unless it, it is an emergency, because I think something that I guess might, I guess, even from my perspective, be a, um, what's the word, might be a hindrance for me to go down a path like that. If is once I'm like, I'm sick and I'm in a situation, I'm not necessarily going to have the clarity of mind to go and do what I need to do in a natural way. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know. But in from my perspective, I believe um, a natural remedy, while it could be, it is might be better and you don't need the pharmaceutical side. I think it's um, time plays a big role because this might, yes, it works, but might take longer to heal. And this one might be more, it's a pill. So it's like, it's immediate. Am I completely wrong? I, if I am, please let me know. But from my perspective, that's how I would see it. But that's, that's the way of the world. That's how most people think it. Do you know what? I could just take this pill and I'm better. And it exactly. sorts the thing out and it's done. And that's that's a, a conditioned mindset. Okay. Um, so like like my leg, it, I saw it becoming infected. Um, so I started treating the infection and the infection is now healing. Uh, you know, it's no longer hot, it's no longer inflamed um, and the discharge has reduced massively. Um, but it's been nearly a week. Um, but then, you know, if I was taking antibiotics, it would still take a reasonable a amount of time. Yeah. But, but I would just kill all the good bacteria inside my, my gut and intestinal flora, um, which would take two years to repopulate. So I'd much rather go down the natural route um, than the, taking the antibiotic, which is potentially a quick fix, potentially not. But then I've got to heal my gut for the next two years. Wow, that's okay. I've never heard that before. It actually would take you two years to no matter. Does it depend on the type of antibiotic or the length of time I was on it, or any antibiotic? The the recovery period from a gut maybe health perspective is that long. Yeah, 
it takes a long time because antibiotics just strip out all the, they take all the bad stuff, but they also take the good stuff as well. So you've got to repopulate your gut with healthy, good bacteria that's been taken out by the antibiotics. So, you know, it's a, is it, might it be a quick fix? Maybe. Um, but then look at the, the uh, healing that I've got to do to heal. You know, I've taken the pharmaceutical. Now I've got, I've, which has healed the disease. Now I've got to heal from taking the pharmaceutical. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a balancing act. No, for sure. Um, that's okay. I never heard that. She's like two years. I'm like, what? Two years? Really? Um, yeah. That's, that's very surprising to me i would have um i would have never thought that um i think one thing uh i just had a, i just thought of this is or another reason that <clears throat> i guess maybe um alternative or homeopathic medicine isn't maybe at the forefront or put um in the same regard as um pharmaceutical or traditional medicine is i think it's it's a combination of there's I think credibility is one, the credibility of the person that I'm going to speak to to heal me because when it's traditional medicine, okay, he's got all these degrees from all these universities. I can, he has proof that he has gone through the, the work to be a qualified doctor. I at least, you know, have that. When it comes to homeopathy, again, I don't know. This is just, these are just my thoughts. Um, are there certificates like that? I don't, uh, so if there are, yeah. maybe credibility is an issue. Uh, number two is, for example, yourself, you, you're, you're someone who has done the work and gone through the effort to research and do, for example, we were just talking about your leg and the infection and you're like, I was using silver and tea tree oil and this and that uh, to heal it. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I would have never thought of any of these things or known how to use them in combination and amounts. So I think also learn like to go through the effort as a person to dive really research to understand alternative medicine and how to use it could be a big obstacle in I guess people more people seeking out that kind of option yeah um and although I do that for myself I don't do it for my clients I tend to work with their belief system their lifestyle for their own healing um, I could suggest one or two things, but because I'm not trained in naturopathy, homeopathy, I don't actually recommend anything. I know what works for me. I can give them a list of, of different types of medications um, to go and research for themselves um, and, and work with them themselves. But I don't actually prescribe treatments. I will only tend to work with their mindset, their beliefs their lifestyles gotcha okay no that's i think that's fair um uh and i think i don't know it's just for me it's just it's a very interesting world that i don't know anything about and i think what i've learned whether i my whether my belief system follows it or not like i might have a certain perspective on i guess homeopathic medicine and stuff that's one side of me the other side of me is there's a lot of things that could in like in this world and life that could probably be beneficial that I don't understand. So I don't want to yeah. like, you know, go against it too much. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a bit of a balancing act that you have to, I think I have to do like mentally. Um, and when you were talking about uh, the power of thoughts, uh, beliefs and emotions. Now, when I went through my tra uh, hypnotherapy training, I think that was the area that blew my mind the most um i guess the power of it and the impact it can have and how thoughts influence emotions influence action influence thing and it becomes like this cycle and you then you have to kind of like figure out all right where's the problem and like kind of point it out and you know try to adjust and so on um and it's something that really like in my in my life as well in my experience I've made some changes that have had a huge, you know, change on my perspective on life and how I feel and so on. But one thing that frustrates me and I don't know why this has this, this is the way it is. If for something so important, if that is such an important thing, why are we never taught that in at any stage in our education, in our careers? Because 
like just in my I, I think to myself just imagine if like from when I was like young I was taught about you know understanding my emotions uh listening to them voicing them understanding my thought like having that awareness imagine if you had that instilled from you from such a young age I'm you're still gonna run into problems guys I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect but I think you'd be in a much better position to go through life Absolutely, absolutely. We're not taught, or, or our generation wasn't taught to regulate our emotions as children. And I think a lot of parents, a lot of adults now are more awake uh, around thoughts, emotions, and beliefs that they're able to help their children to regulate their own emotions. Um, but it's not taught in school, you know, and it's like, so there's a lot of work to do around understanding your thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and how it all impacts your behaviours. Um, but we're getting there. We are getting there. And, and, and that's how I work with, with most of my clients around their thoughts and beliefs, because there's a lot of people are like, well, I'm, I'm sick, so I need to go to the doctor, right? Well, it depends what you're sick with. You know, if it's nothing specific, then you could just work with it and just let your body, body do what it does. Yeah. But there's a lot of change definitely for, for sure needed. No, 100%. Um, at least one thing I'm happy about is mental health definitely is now at the forefront um, of the conversation Glo uh, globally. Maybe it's more yes. advanced or more developed in certain uh, places rather than others because, you know, of culture and the cultural perspective and societies. So there are still some... Uh, some stigmas or some challenges there um but i like you said i do think we are moving in uh the right direction i hope <laughs> um and i think yes. um i think i wanted to ask you about um your perspective around because i think covid really like you know opened you know that open pandora's box and we really got to see I think it woke a lot of people up to like, oh, wow, meant like internally, mentally, I'm not okay. And yeah. I think understand, like made people yeah. wake up to their mental health. So from your, for you, from your perspective, I guess, as a holistic healer, what was your, what was your, I guess, perspective on COVID and the reaction and how people, you know, reacted to it? Like from, from your, your perspective as a healer, did it, did it, change the way you thought about some things did it maybe even for yourself like make you realize wow there's even more that we need that needs to be done and more work that has to happen yeah if you think before covid hit if you think back you went to the doctors and the doctor said you've got a virus what was his normal reaction mm, yeah not, there's nothing exactly. we can do it's a virus there's nothing we can do go home rest and hydrate so suddenly now we're jumping into pharmaceuticals and self-isolating and, um, and, and being on our own by ourselves. So, you know, A, there's the whole, how do you deal with the virus? And B, there's the whole mental health aspect of it. So many people have really struggled with mental health. I mean, there was already a huge amount of people struggling with mental health in the world. And this has just exacerbated it. And, and we need to help these people with their mental health um, because it's been, it's been compounded by what's been going on in the world. Um, and, and from what I know from my own um, time with the depression, people with depression tend not to reach out for help. Sure. So we need to be reaching out to people that we know have got low mood or are depressed. We need to be helping them because at the time that they're struggling, they're not able to help themselves. So as we reach out to help them, they will start helping themselves as, as they get help from us. Yeah. Um, so on that, on that point, like you said, um, for example, in the example used, uh, people with depression don't seek out help, so we need to be proactive and reach out to them. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. If you see someone that's struggling with their mental health, all right, they might be oblivious to it or they might be in denial over it. And you, you know, it's someone you care about really, so you're really trying to help them, you know, to whatever. If it's just to talk to them, you know, tell them maybe go to therapy, try this, try that. And you're, you're investing a lot of, 
emotional energy and care into trying to help someone because you see that they do need this help, but they're not doing anything to help themselves. Um, I believe that, you know, I think there's a limit, you know, personally, like there's only so much, uh, as my, this is my opinion, there's only so much I'm going to try and invest, you know, to help you. Um, if you're, if you want my help, endless, unlimited, it's unlimited. I'm here to do whatever I can to support you. But if I'm doing everything I can to try, and at the end of the day, you're not putting in the effort, even because you might be in such a bad place. What do I do then? I think that's a question that I think about a lot because I think it gets to a point I've learned, you know, when it comes to emotions, if you're nonstop, if you're consistently investing emotions and not getting anything back, you're going to be emotionally drained. And I've felt that. And you literally feel like you feel like it's like you're exhausted, like in all aspects, you're just like completely tired mentally, physically, emotionally, like all of it. So what are your thoughts when it comes to that? Yeah, absolutely. And and some people are more susceptible to that than others, sorry. Uh, for example, empaths um, have a lot of emotional drain from them it, from into others. And yeah, my uh, when I was feeling depressed, my friend used to take me to the gym every single week and we'd do two classes back to back. And she did that for two years um, until I'd started to feel a lot better in myself. Um, and but she was going to the gym anyway so she just dropped by and picked me up um, so she invested a lot of time and effort initially um, to help me um, and then I started to help myself but it is you have to take your own abilities emotions and mental health into into consideration as well there is only so much you can do if somebody's not willing to help themselves um, but maybe if you're if you're struggling in helping them, maybe you could ask another friend to um, help to drop by, to send them a message, to have a chat. Um, and then maybe they could ask another friend. So it's about sharing um, that help around so that that person's still receiving some help. Because quite often um, it could be that that person doesn't even understand what's going on, hasn't got the capacity to think about the emotional drain on their friends um and and so it's about sharing the responsibility for that friend around different friends and, and doing what we can when we can because at the end of the day we still have our own lives to lead as well yeah. and we need our energy to to put into our own lives no, but it is a tough question absolutely yeah, yeah it, it i know i don't think there's a um i don't think there's a right answer i think it just comes down to how you your perspective on that kind of situation um i like what you said though that and that's it's such a simple thing that i didn't think of like okay if i if i've run out of steam you know and try to ask someone else such a simple thing maybe maybe they'll have luck maybe all that work that you've done that they resisted maybe if you change and someone else comes in maybe they just have that little like key to just to unlock that door and then you know you're yeah. you're off um i was thinking sarah because uh it was interesting i was reading about your process writing uh, your book and how it started just out of out of nothing you know you wrote your own journey and so on and then you it was parked for like five years and then it kept popping back up at different times almost like it was calling you you know to do this like this book was you had yes. to you had to do this book um I just wanted to understand from you, I guess, how was your experience writing the book? Because what I, what's, what's interesting is that you have other people's accounts who have gone through and different, you know, illnesses, ages, varieties, so on, different healing processes, journeys, what everything that they were going through and so on. So how did it feel, I guess, writing that book and listening and speaking to all these people? And like, because I can imagine even with, then even with all the knowledge you have there might have been some stories that even you were like wow i wouldn't have that was a surprise you know i'm i'm quite surprised that yeah that worked or that was healed or so on so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so after i'd written my own um journey and i literally went out of my brain and onto the computer and then it's cut and paste copy delete sort and um you know, it's it was never right, and every every week it was changed. And um, and then when I reached out to other people, and they started sending me theirs, so I'm just reading them like, 
wow, look at these people. <laughs> They've healed this. And wow, I was just in awe. Um, and especially things like, you know, the cancer, the multiple sclerosis, the ALS. And auto- I'd healed uh, my own thyroid and adrenal glands. So I knew we could heal autoimmune. But when one of the ladies um, in her own journey was saying it was her third autoimmune disease, she was healing and she was healing vitiligo, where the pigment of the skin has disappeared. So you end up with the white patches in the pigment. And she said she it had started to heal and some of her white patches were disappearing and her skin was turning back to its normal Mediterranean type color. And I'm like, wow, that's just fabulous. Uh, but but absolutely, we can all heal. So why why should she not be healing it? Um, and in the main, most people had done the, the diet and lifestyle changes. Um, but then other people had used energy medicines. Some people had used homeopathy. Some people had used naturopathy. They'd all done a, a little bit of something different, but all very similar. And it's just it was just so awe-inspiring, you know, all these beautiful people wanting to share their own healing like myself just to help other people to see that it's possible um and it's just it's just so wonderful that it all came together you know and and that my book was born and that that people can read and and it's not just I didn't want just one person for each disease process if I could I wanted two or more so that people can't just go well it's a fluke you know they've healed multiple sclerosis but they're only one person um, and I think I've got three people healed multiple sclerosis and four people healed cancer and two people healed ALS. So it, it, it can be done. And they all share how they've done their healings to help the reader to understand how they can start their own healing journey. Yeah. But it just feels so fabulous. I can imagine that must have been um, a very, uh, what's the word, a very like inspiring humbling humbling, yeah humbling and humbling experience yeah yeah. and so inspiring too to be able to see you know things that maybe traditional medicine would write you off you know uh, write you off on that there are other ways to you know address these issues and to not only address them to treat but to cure which i think some i think that's where Maybe sometimes uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not a homeopathic guy. I'm nothing. I'm just my perspective. Um, I think about that might be sometimes where traditional medicine has its limits because with certain things like autoimmunes and so on, there's only there's only treatments, not cures. Um, so at least this, you know, with this type of with alternative medicine or maybe a more holistic approach, maybe have a chance to cure it. You don't know, but it's nice to have that. It's nice to know there's a possibility rather than, you know, that's it. This is how it is. Yeah. One of the healers that springs to mind, I've mentioned him previously, is uh, Kevin Smith. He had multiple sclerosis. His body had wasted. He was in a wheelchair. Um, He needed a lot of help. And his brother had taken him to one of his doctor's appointments. And they physically watched his doctor go on Google and look for different treatments for multiple sclerosis. And then he went, wow, if he can do it, I can. So he started going away, reading around um, and stopped the drug that he was on and self-healed and now he's a bodybuilder. Wow. And, and his previous, yeah, and previously his MRI had shown big lesions of multiple sclerosis and his latest um, brain scans shown on. It's totally gone. It's totally healed. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, stuff like that is those kinds. I think there needs to be those kinds of stories need to be um, more mainstream. Yeah. Thank you. More mainstream, which is why thank you for for writing a book about it. So people can have access to these kind of stories, Um, because I think that's what's lacking. Um, You know, awareness, information about the potential um, and all these other areas. But congrats on the book. You know, it's and it's a beautiful book. Thank you the 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 concept of the book and the fact that there's so it's not just your story it's so many others uh around a similar message is a really really um yeah. beautiful thing so congrats to you on that um Thank sarah, you. sarah i just have uh two more questions for you these are questions i ask all my guests so 
looking back, uh, I guess, either professionally, personally, if I ask you the question, what are you most proud of for yourself? What would you say? That my book is helping people to help themselves because we can all we can all help people. But when we're doing the helping, the people aren't really helping themselves because we're providing that help. But if we can help them to understand how they can help themselves that is just awesome you know and it's it's we could we've kind of started the kim the um what's the word we've kindled that fire and then they're going to keep it going yeah so i think being a, a conduit to that is i feel amazing to be able to help others to start their own healing process yeah and i can imagine it must be so such a fulfilling feeling knowing yeah. that you know someone somewhere by reading this book might have a chance to you know heal themselves and get over what they're going through so that's a beautiful that's really yeah. really awesome that you feel that way um and for my last question sarah what is the message that you'd like everyone to take home with them today i'd like you to understand that your body is a natural healing machine. You were born a healer, your body naturally heals. You need to believe that you can heal, but not just that, you need to believe in your belief that you can heal, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. we can, we, you know, we can, we can all go, well, yeah, I believe I can heal, but do we really believe that belief? You know, it's got to come from deep in that subconscious mind. So believe in your belief that you can heal because you were born to heal. I think that's a beautiful message and a perfect way to end the show. I think I love what you said is believing in your belief that you can heal. I think that is so well said because it's one thing to believe in that, but maybe you have some doubts, but to believe to believe, I know <laughs> it sounds funny, but I totally resonate with what you're saying. Um, and I love that message and I totally agree. Um, Sarah, I wanted mm -hmm. to say thank you so much uh, for your time today and for coming on the show. Um, this has been such an eye-opening conversation. I really learned personally, you know, so much from you and thank you for, you know, all the work you do. I think it's super helpful and I think a lot of people hopefully will benefit from it. Um, if people want to um, get in touch with you, work with you, um, just find out more where, uh, let us know where, how can they get in touch? And so if the people go to my website, sarahdawkins.com, um, I've, I've rebranded to Sarah Dawkins Essential Health, but it's all on my website, sarahdawkins.com. All my social media platforms are on there. My email's on there. You can contact me through there um, and, and I'll get back to you. Perfect. You heard it here, guys. If you want to get in touch with Sarah, check out her website, Sarah Dawkins Essentials, or find her on social media. Get her book. Get her book if you want to uh, learn more about her story and what she went through and so many others. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Sarah. I really, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you. Thank you too, Khaled. Appreciate it, guys. To everyone listening, thank you so much as always. Please go follow, like, share, and subscribe, most importantly, to the podcast at hope.it.helps on all social media. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. <laughs>